she's she's old enough that I feel like at 27 that your your brain's fully developed so you can make decisions about your relationship <laughs> um, I'm glad I, I just I've been recording the last 20 seconds so nobody has any idea what you're talking about um, but you know uh, from the Pink Collar podcast family you know big congratulations to our friend our personal friend Jack Antonoff Yes, um, for getting engaged um, to a woman who is 10 years his junior. Uh, we support that because all frontal lobes have been fully developed or whatever. I, I don't <laughs> necessarily know that I support, <laughs> but I'm not, it's, it's just, it's especially creepy when it's like a 22 year old who's dating like a 30 something year old because it's like, girl, your brain ain't finished developing yet. Um, I, I was on Twitter and I, um, I their trending was Liam something I can't Liam something from One Direction whatever his last name mm-hmm. is he I guess did some podcast um, and he was just talking about like the band but um, on Twitter it'll just like do random threads and like add just random details about this person and in one of it it was like a picture of him and this woman and it's like whatever her name is like amy or something like that and he's like and they put her age and then they put like they've been together for three years or something like that he's 28 she is currently 21 <laughs> oh no i was like um, no 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 this does not pass uh rachel's uh rachel's so check. like <laughs> On her 18th birthday, you were like, okay, now we're dating. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. See, that's weird. See, 20, 21 and 28 is weirder to me than 27 to 38. Okay. Just different life stages, you know? Okay. I had a, my span, it was, I don't know, I took this middle school, I had this class, it was like history, but it was all in Spanish. I didn't learn a thing because I don't speak Spanish. But my teacher, <laughs> my teacher, she was just like, "Oh yeah, my dad's twenty five years older than my mom." And I'd be like, "Okay, that's nice." <laughs> okay, that's, that's definitely so, something you should share with your twelve uh, year old children. Um, well, welcome to um, a podcast known as Pink Collar, where we do uh, po- uh, something about crimes that are committed by women or... yeah we talk about crimes and how much i dislike certain age gaps in relationships so yes yes exactly and um cool so it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i guess it's i should i be saying something since it is my my case that we're doing today um i could just dive right dive right in i won't i won't give away too much i'll just talk and then you'll listen to the words and you'll you know just experience it as we go so yeah, i have no wait i don't know was this what you were sending me um I judgmental did. pictures about i did i was I, like wow i'm rubbing off on rachel because no this, this is, is horrible i've ever seen her this <laughs> is horrible this is horrible um well, i'll talk about later where i've been judgmental or maybe i'll forget and we'll all forget that i've been this judgmental but <laughs> nonetheless Thank you. 
Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Natalie. Welcome to Pink Collar, a true crime podcast focusing on crimes committed exclusively by women. Each week, we'll be bringing you a brand new case focusing on the psychology behind these crimes and advocating for early intervention. Please subscribe on your preferred podcasting platform and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. For every review, we will donate a dollar to the National Center for Victims of Crime. So the start of this case. Uh, So on July 21st, 2018, James Blackledge, a Vietnam veteran, was out riding his motorcycle in South Carolina when he saw a woman running down the road. She was frantic. She flagged him down and was asking him to call 911. So while he was on the phone with the dispatcher, he watched the woman, Lana Clayton, run uh, next door to the neighbor Terry Floyd's home. She knocked furiously on the screen Terry asked what was wrong. Lana said, it's Steve. It's Steve. So they got into Terry's golf cart and drove to Steve and Lana's home. Terry asked where Steve was, and she replied he was at the bottom of the stairs in the foyer. But Terry pronounced it in the video, foyer. It was really funny. But foyer, you know, for for us uh, fancy people. Um, (laughs) totally unnecessary he was just like fire (laughs) i'm like i can tell you're from south carolina uh very cute foyer is a completely acceptable way of saying that word rachel it is it is foyer foyer fire however you want to say it it's like people who say sawyer i sawyer i'm like what's wrong with you well it's like lawyer and lawyer lawyer yeah. like people who say lawyer i'm like oh okay i'm calling my lawyer <laughs> all right you do that um so lana sat in front of the steps while terry found steve who was her husband collapsed on the floor he checked for a pulse but it was clear that steve was dead from I keep wanting to say Lana, like Lana Del Rey, but I'm I'm having a really, it's Lana, so forgive me. Lana's reports, Steve had not been feeling well for the past three days. He was experiencing symptoms of vertigo and was stuck in bed. Lana said she had checked on Steve around 11 o'clock that day and he was sound asleep. She checked to make sure he had water and his medication before heading outside to do some yard work. Now, Steve and Lana had been married for five years. This was Lana's second marriage, and according to 48 Hours, Steve's family had lost count how many times Steve had been married, um, but estimated it had been about six or seven times. Oh, I I guess I'll say here. So I was sending Natalie pictures of Steve. He has just had some really intense plastic surgery uh that i guess is what i was being judgmental about but i'm a bad person because (laughs) the worst truly he he just had some intense plastic surgery i don't i don't know anyway um so his family members said that steve just loved being in love that's why he had gotten married so many times speaking of age gaps lana was 52 and steve was 64 I guess that one gets my stamp of approval because they're both well into their adult years. Um, But they had met online in 2010 and had married three years later. 
So Steve had retired a millionaire in his early 40s after selling his physical therapy business. He was originally an accountant, but had opened a practice focusing on sports injuries, and that's where he made all of his money. They lived together on a lakefront home modeled after George Washington's Mount Vernon estate, which so cute because the Washington home was built and maintained by hundreds of enslaved men, women, and children. So who wouldn't want their home to be modeled after such a wonderful establishment with lots of history? Uh, See, now I'm being even more judgmental. Yeah, it's, you know, I I don't know that Steve, you know, had this built with this particular place in mind, or maybe he just purchased it from somebody else who uh, did that, but that's just a little weird to me to have a home, you know, modeled. There's probably, like, certain rooms in the home that, you know, were for people who, it's just not good, not good. It's, it reminds me of when we did that episode um, of Delphine LaLaurie and, like, the torture mansion where she would uh-huh. torture enslaved and like nick cage owned the house for a period of period a period of time yeah i think well, the only acceptable way to purchase the home is to purchase it and destroy it and to build a new house that or like like a memorial yeah like a memorial yeah. or you know some sort of charity organization to like undo the wrongs that took place on that soil um Anyway, but I guess, you know, people want what what they want. Um, Steve and Lana would host lavish parties at this home for their family and friends. These parties had fireworks and live music. The parties were a lot of fun. There were, you know, dogs running around, kids chasing them. Steve was just very, you know, always telling jokes, very well-liked, very social guy. Um, Lana also worked... I think this sentence is kind of random, but uh, Lana worked as a nurse in several VA hospitals. So um, Lana had come in after mowing the lawn, like I said earlier, found Steve unresponsive at the bottom of the staircase. So um, when officers arrived at the scene, they believe Steve's death um, was from natural causes. He was 64 years old. They believed he may have had a heart attack, but there were some concerns that came up during the investigation. Um, So like I just mentioned, Lana was a nurse, but made no attempt to revive her husband. It's also, it was also 20, what did I say? 2018. And she was like running out, flagging someone down to call the police. That is so weird because there were two phones in the home. Um, But she ran outside to flag down a random person to call 911. In her defense. All we've ever learned from television is that's the appropriate thing to do. You run into the street and you scream, call 911 instead of using the perfectly good phone right there. Really? (laughs) I mean, maybe if it was like... I feel like any TV show, whatever it is... 1990? But even then, you have a landline. Well, I feel like nowadays, regardless of the TV show, like even if I'm watching something filmed today, 2022, somebody collapses in front of you. This person who was just texting on their phone jumps on that person and is like, call 911. And I'm like, you have a cell phone. You do. <laughs> this is true. But that's what they tell. I don't know if you remember doing CPR training, but that's what yeah. you do. You flag oh, down someone phone. to call 911. But she wasn't performing CPR. It would be one thing if she was like, 
she just seemed to go very out of her way. It's in itself, it is not a suspicious fact because also too you you could just panic at that point you know if you see someone collapsed then like your brain just goes in panic well like what if you didn't have your cell phones on you or you're like me and you have no idea where your cell phone is and you're just like trying to get someone that's why i thank the lord for my apple watch because at least three times a day i ping my phone to find it but yeah in itself is not you know an admission of guilt but is just a little strange um, that she, you know, flagged down a random passerby to call 911. Um, so the coroner, Sabrina Gass, was contacted by a deputy coroner who was present at the mansion investigating the death. At first, like everyone else, uh, coroner Gass believed it was a heart attack. She later told 48 Hours she uh, that Lana was appropriate in answering questions she didn't seem like she was hiding anything the family actually was the first to suspect that something was seriously wrong so steve's nephews nick french and chris fagan picked up on some red flags pretty pretty early on so nick was a police officer in a nearby town and immediately came to the home once he heard something was wrong nick did a walkthrough of the house and noticed that steve's bed was soaked with urine Uh, they also could not find steve's keys or phone anywhere And just a few hours after his death, Lana was adamant about having Steve's body cremated. At first, she was like, oh, I don't I don't know what to do with the body. But once police mentioned that they would if she didn't know what she wanted to do, that they would send the body to the coroner's office and have some tests run. She said no. Nick stated she looked up from her hands and said the funeral home, the one that's right down the street. Let's take him there and have him cremated. So, yeah, not suspicious at all. But Chris and Lana, or Chris asked Lana for Steve's will to check for his burial wishes, but Lana claims Steve did not have one. Uh, Chris told 48 Hours, at that point she stood up, turns, and looks at me and says, I said there is no will. Chris knew this was incorrect. Steve did, in fact, have a will and had uh, made him the executor of the will. So he knew that papers existed. Also, too, that would be so unusual for someone who is 64 years old, who is super rich, you know, I'm sure works with a bunch of lawyers. I would find it very hard to believe that he wouldn't have some sort of will drawn up. Um, But I guess anything's possible. And Lana was also claiming that Steve was a heavy drug user and that she did not want a toxicology report because she was afraid of what might come up. His nephews were very confused as they had never seen their uncle high uh, or use any drugs for that matter. It just seemed so out of his character that it just didn't make any sense that she was using this as an excuse to not have a toxicology report. Yeah, also too, like, what are they gonna do? Arrest him if they found out he was using drugs? Yeah. (laughs) No. Um, So the nephews were informed by the neighbors that the following morning, Lana set a fire in the backyard pit. They believe that she did this to destroy Steve's will. But, you know, I, in her defense, I commonly, you know, set fires the morning after someone close in my family passes away. So, um, you know, that's not a weird thing to do at all. 
but this was the final straw. Chris and Nick called the coroner's office and demanded to have an autopsy and a toxicology test done. Coroner Gast agreed, and the toxicology results revealed the presence of tetrahydrolazine. She said she had never heard of this medication. Uh, she stated, I was like, what is tetrahydrolazine? I don't know what that is. I had to look up what tetrahydrolazine was. So tetrahydrolazine, also known as THZ, is an ingredient commonly found in eye drops, including the brand name Visine. Dummy Garvin, forensic toxicologist, reported THZ can be extremely toxic and even deadly if ingested in large amounts. She said it does have that action on the heart where it reduces blood pressure, heart rate, and then it also causes breathing to slow. And if the breathing slows sufficiently, it will cause, cause respiratory depression, which then causes death. Um, so there is, have you seen the movie Wedding Crashers? No, I don't like Neither that Neither have <laughs> Which man? Wait, what's Wedding Crashers? I think it has Owen Wilson and, oh, what's his name? The guy with the brown hair, Vince yeah. Vaughn? Yeah, I don't like Owen Wilson. I'm a Luke Wilson fan over here. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, so, I've never seen this movie, actually, but I think it has been, like, somewhat controversial because it depicts a scene where a woman sexually assaults a man, and it's, like, depicted as, like, funny and hilarious, even though it's, like, quite literally rape. Um, I think that's that movie. But also in this... I guess a very problematic movie. Um, one of the characters puts eye drops into someone's drink to make them sick. Um, there was also a CSI episode where eye drops were used in a murder, and it's a pretty effective murder weapon. It's colorless, odorless, and tasteless, not to mention easily accessible and inexpensive. Um, so on August 29th, 2018, Lana was called into the coroner's office to be questioned by coroner Gast while the FBI listened in. She said Steve liked to put a few drops of Visine in his coffee every morning to help him go to the bathroom. You know, uh, because why would you do that instead of, I don't know, just drinking coffee, I think, right. does the job for a yeah. lot of people. Sounds <laughs> like, isn't coffee... Yeah, coffee already. coffee helps. Sometimes, you know, people smoke cigarettes to help with that, or there's, you know, fiber. Uh, there's, like, other medications that are sold for that. Yeah, of... why why would someone just put Visine in their coffee? Doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. But she said he'd been doing it for years. Uh, later that day, after Lana had returned home, she did end up confessing to a York a county sheriff's detective that she had put the visine in steve's water um she even admitted to wanting him uh to suffer so they arrested her the following day which seems like too long it should have been right at the end of that phone call that they sent somebody out there but uh so this is actually a two for one case although this case doesn't involve a woman committing a crime so i don't know if we technically count it but a few weeks after Lana had been arrested, a young mother of two was found dead just 12 miles from the Clayton residence. Investigators believe that Stacy Hunsucker had died from cardiac arrest. Her and her husband, Hunsucker. Hunsucker. Okay. 
I I didn't invent that. I didn't I didn't come up with that. Um, but her and her husband Josh had been married for eight years. Stacy taught preschool, and Josh was a flight paramedic. Stacy's mom grew suspicious after Josh moved on with a girlfriend shockingly fast after Stacy had passed away. So her mom called the North Carolina Department of Insurance two days after Stacy's death. Um, because she had found out that Josh had tried to collect the nearly $250,000 in life insurance, um, which I don't think trying to collect the money quickly after death is an indicator of guilt in itself. There are lots of expenses that come along with funerals or if there's medical bills of the deceased um, or someone may want to take time off of work to you know, just get their life in, in order. But who knows? Um, also, too, if you're moving in with your girlfriend right after and trying to get the money, then, you know, maybe mm-hmm. maybe also a little suspicious together. Um, but Stacy was an organ donor and a vial of her blood had been collected before she was cremated. So a toxicology report indicated there was a large amount of THC in her system. Josh Josh was arrested on December 19th, 2019, and charged with the murder of his wife, Stacy. Uh, the most recent update I could find for this case was um, January of 2022. Uh, the judge issued a gag order that prevented anyone from directly involved in the case, like a- attorneys, investigators, and potential witness- witnesses from talking p- publicly about the case. Um, so I guess gag orders are not commonly used, but it was argued that because people were discussing the case publicly, that they were interfering with Josh's right to a fair trial. Um, and they, the article had also said it was too early to determine a trial date. So I imagine things are currently on hold because of the pandemic still. And uh, I guess they're still waiting for, for the trial there. So innocent until proven guilty, but it's not looking too good. So when Lana went to court, she changed her story again, saying she didn't mean to kill her husband when she poisoned his water with eye drops. She just wanted to make him uncomfortable. Lana said that Steve had hit her, kicked her, and choked her during their five-year marriage. She addressed Steve's family, saying, I allowed these emotions to make me do something in a matter of seconds that I will forever regret. I did impulsively put the Visine in Steve's drink, and I did it with the intent to make him sick and uncomfortable. I was upset about the abuse, and I just wanted him to leave me alone. So the prosecution in this case would agree that Lana was motivated by greed and selfishness, but they found no evidence of abuse in the relationship. I want to clarify that this doesn't mean that there wasn't any abuse that took place in this relationship. Abuse often goes unreported. It's entirely possible for close friends and family members to not be aware of abuse that is going on in in relationships. And it's entirely possible for abusers to come across as very friendly and likable to other people. But... I will say, I am not sure that there is evidence to, um, you know, support that this was the case in in particular for Steve. In fact, there was a 2016 incident where Lana had shot Steve in the head with a crossbow (laughs) while he was sleeping. And at the time, they both agreed it was an accident. So not only was there no evidence that he was an abuser, there's evidence that she 
injured him. How? Which, again, How in itself, an you know, I think in, in past cases we've talked about where someone who is being abused might attack or, you know, try to kill someone while the abuser is sleeping because uh, so it's like fuzzy whether it's actually self-defense. But it does not sound like this is... There's just, like, absolutely zero, zero evidence, which, again, it could be possible. I'm not, you know, going to say that it's not, but it just really seems unlikely. And the fact that she hurt him, not looking great for her. Um, but the defense alleged that Lana had post-traumatic stress disorder from being sexually assaulted twice before, and she was triggered by, by Steve's actions. So, in January of 2020, Lana Sue Clayton pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter and tampering with food or drugs. Her initial charge, first-degree murder, may have resulted in life in prison or the death penalty for her. But by pleading to a lesser charge, Lana... (laughs) Lana... Dang it, I've been trying so hard not to do it. Lana got a more lenient sentence of 25 years in prison. So the South Carolina Circuit Court Judge Paul Birch said it was one of the strangest cases he had ever seen. He told the Herald, This one takes the case as far as being bizarre. The old saying, what a tangled web we weave. Miss Clayton, you sure have tangled this one up. The judge cited the fact that Lana had hidden... Did I say Lana... Lena, I don't even know what words are anymore. (laughs) So it's not Lana, it's Lana. Lana had hidden Steve's phone saying, how can you maintain you did this to teach him a lesson when it's obvious from the facts you let him suffer for three days? According to the Associated Press, you ignored him. So she is serving her time at the women's only Leith Correctional Institution in Greenwood County, South Carolina, and will be eligible for release on November 24th, 2039. So in response to the murder, Johnson & Johnson, makers of Visine, released a statement saying, We're deeply saddened to learn of this news and are devastated that anyone would use our product for such an... Oh God, I should have looked up how to pronounce this. Aberrant? Act? Abhorrent. (laughs) A-B-H-O-R-R-E-N-T. Yes, I I have a master's degree. I (laughs) speak English. It is the only language I know, but I speak it so well. Um, Using tetrahydrazoline, active ingredient in visine, on the surface of the eye has been demonstrated to be safe for self-use for more than 50 years. Visine is clearly labeled for external use only and should never be swallowed. So does so, this look like a painful death? Is it a peaceful death? Uh, well, what did I describe what happens earlier? Oh. It slows down your heart rate, I believe, and then it affects your breathing, and then... Yeah, but I, It like doesn't painful? sound too fun. Doesn't sound like a great time. But the coroner and toxicologists that were interviewed by 48 Hours agreed that THC should be a routine part of a toxicology test, which I agree with because it's something that's so easily available and can be added to food or drink without being noticed. So I believe it should absolutely be included in toxicology reports. And I wonder how 
many people have been killed with this before and people just assume that people have had a heart attack or you know there's just natural causes i don't know Mm, if they're not commonly looking for it yeah sounds like something you're gonna have to do some digging on rachel call some coroners i mean i'm kind of busy so i'm not gonna do it but i guess if any of my loved ones suddenly you know collapse and it's under suspicious circumstances i will certainly recommend that they look for thc but that's just kind of scary that it's like odorless tasteless colorless and it's so easily available yeah Hmm. Well, if I die under suspicious circumstances, um, 100% look at Ollie and look at my husband because... Sure. We'll do. We just, it's just statistics. Him, so. It's just statistics, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that is the, the case of the... Whoa, there's a train. Did you hear that? I did. So We're so professional. Um, yeah, the, the eye drop murder. That murderer. It's always interesting to find out new ways of like killing people. <laughs> right? It's also just like it's just scary cre- to me. It's scary because it could just so easily happen, I feel like, to anyone. Or I'm like, how many times has it happened before? And someone's like, Oh yeah, just uh cremate my loved one. Yeah. And don't worry about it. I mean, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. I do, like, you know, I have not a murderous bone in my body, but, like, I do admire the creativity. <laughs> well, Natalie, if not you ever admire, are kidnapped, but <laughs> if you're ever kidnapped, someone's holding you captive and they have some visine and, you know, maybe they're, like, forcing you to cook them dinner then you know how to defend yourself if i it's ever useful get kidnapped, knowledge if i ever get kidnapped i'm demanding to be murdered right then and there like i do not take me anywhere kill me right now because i don't know what's coming next and my tolerance for distress is very low i guess <laughs> wait did i i mentioned a, a while ago that i had read a fictional book about a true crime podcaster who is like researching a a crime a kidnapper man murderer and then spoiler alert she gets kidnapped by the guy um no well maybe yeah it was a little scary but (laughs) there's this movie and i don't recommend spoiler people if you want to stop listening now whatever (laughs) well what's the movie so there's this movie it's called creep Okay. Okay. It's on the flicks of net. Um, and so I don't, this is not my brand of movie. This is someone else, you know, who drill, um, he likes to watch, um, things that are absolutely terrifying. And so, um, I cannot remember the actor's name, but he, whatever. It's like, I guess he, this girl like finds him on the internet or something like she's like a documentarian and his whole thing is like oh yeah maybe i murder people or maybe i don't something along those lines but she's like 
thinking he's just joking, whereas he's like, oh, yeah, you know, all those people that have gone missing, like, yeah, I'd murder them. And she, like, has some sense that, like, it's true, but she's like, well, I'm filming it. Better so just find out. <laughs> she's like, I'm filming it, so, like, obviously it's not gonna, he's not gonna kill me. Well, well, you wanna bet. <laughs> mm. um, it was very bad and like one random the random scene I walked into like he just appears and he's like stark naked and I was very upset about it um I like ran out of the room I'm like I don't need to see this um, yikes so yeah don't watch that Rachel I hate all, I hate enjoy. nudity it disturbs me I don't want to yeah, see she, anybody's <laughs> private parts do you guys know Rachel showers with her clothes on I do <laughs> like, every day it's so weird. wait have you have you seen um Arrested Development no. Okay. I don't think that you would like it, so I'm not recommending it. But for anyone out there that <laughs> has watched Arrested Development, one of the characters is a never nude and he showers in like jean cutoff shorts. I mean, you can like never be nude, but like not jeans for the shower. No, um, no, I, I shower in jean cutoffs. And also because I'm a woman, I wear a jean bra. You just gotta keep them crammed in there, man. I think you're gonna get a skin condition. <laughs> Possibly. But you know what? It's a risk I'm I'm willing to take. I respect it. Well, wait, thank you for... speaking oh, speaking yeah. of shows that are true crime related, have mm-hmm. you have you watched Under nope. the Banner of Heaven at all? Nope. Okay. I don't know if you would like it, but that's just my my current true crime obsession what do you think i would like like why why do you make that statement okay i don't know that you would like it i do you like andrew garfield the actor um i can see you being like he's a nice guy yeah i don't think you would hate him i um i've never seen the social network but i've seen the scene where he goes off Am I thinking he's a good actor? <laughs> yeah, I th- he's Spider Man in like the not good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, Spider Man. Yeah. He was and he was just in um, Tick Tick Boom. He was I actually really good. I didn't know I that didn't he could that, sing. It's very yeah. good, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's very interesting if you're into Mormon crimes. Um, so this is like because you mentioned Mormon. So I don't have a TikTok. But I do have a Twitter. And so <laughs> I was randomly on Twitter and like somebody was like, Oh my god, mom talk is erupting and I'm like, Mom talk, what is this? So let me click that and it was like a long thread. And I guess there is like a group of like Mormon moms who make like individual like TikToks, but they all became friends. And I guess like one of them recently announced that they were getting a divorce and like I'm telling you I've never heard of any of these people before but I proceeded to spend the next hour doing a deep dive into like what's all going on and apparently all of these different mom tiktokers on um or mom talk people from Utah who are Mormons or soft swingers (laughs) I guess I don't know if somebody ended up pregnant or like feelings were caught but like I guess three marriages are being ruined there's a whole reddit page about it everyone will find it it was deep I was like oh my god I could never 
part of the uh, you know story is that all these men in the Mormon church are you know trying to go back to the old ways of like polyamory which I guess is not quite the same thing but I mean do what you do guys just don't murder anybody you know it's just all very yeah very interesting <laughs> I'm, I feel like I'm learning a lot and I think it's somewhat accurately portrayed but who knows maybe I am wrong yeah you should just watch Sister Wives that's all the truth you know yeah just kidding oh my people. gosh <laughs> okay well Thank you for walking us through that story. Um, rest in ple- peace, um, Steve Clayton. Steve yes. Clayton. Um, and Lana, don't do that again. Yeah, we'll uh, see you in 20... What did I say? 2039. God, that does not sound like a real year. Oh, gosh. We'll be sold by then. Yay. I think we'll only be like in our 40s or 50s. 50s. I stand by my statement. Ah, 50s the new 30. 30s the new 20. I don't know. I think I've got about six months left. We'll see. Bye, all. Our music is the track Wasteland by Joseph McDade. His Patreon and our podcast sources will be linked in the podcast description below. Any mistakes are entirely our own, so check out our wonderful sources for the most accurate information about these cases. We talk about some tough subject matter on our show. If you or someone you love is in need of support, please reach out to the Crisis Text Line by texting HOME to 741741. They are available 24-7 and will connect you with a trained crisis counselor. You can also reach the National Domestic Violence Hotline by calling 1-800-799-7233. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Join us next week for another episode of Pink Collar, a true crime podcast.